Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Do you think you're heading on your way to court? Are you arguing with something with your ex? Well, then this episode's probably for you. It's your pre-action procedures and what the court expects you to do before you even think about filing anything in court. So today we're going to be talking about the pre-action procedures. What are they? What it means for you? And also what they are and also what happens if you don't follow these procedures. Hello, Mum. Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) I noticed we mentioned in the last one, this is our first time back. Yes. From 2023. Yes. But we've already done one episode. But oh, anyway, there this you is go. our second one back from 2023. <laughs> so yay, we're back. We <laughs> and there have been lots of changes in the court in the last couple of years, mm. but you've really noticed a change in the judges' attitudes towards these pre-action procedures. Yes. And they're a kind of a must-do before you move on. We're going to be talking, you're going to be guiding us through what they are today. So why don't we just start with that? Yeah. What are they? What are they? Well, um, they're things you have to do before you go to court, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are part of the process of um, finding out what the other side thinks and and letting them know what you think and exchanging documents. Lots of those those things that used to be done just before the hearing date or the trial, Mm -hmm. we're now doing them up front before Before you you even step in the court door. And is that so that the court's not full of clogged, full of people? I think. Yes, I think it's part of the court's campaign to speed up its processes. They've got an um, aim to have 90% of cases heard and settled within 12 months now. And at the moment, like, as you know, we've been telling our listeners for ages, it's two or three years in the past. Mm. And the way that they're doing that is making sure everyone's done their homework before they file proceedings rather than put a document in the court and say, hey, hey, judge, we need you to look at this. Um, Oh, I suppose we'd better get some valuations I suppose I'd better show show each other what we've got in the bank account. And by the way, I, I haven't really thought of what orders I want, but I'll do that now. Mm-hmm. So the court's just making everyone do that up front mm-hmm. and really focusing on settling up front. Okay. So there's roughly around four things that we're, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So it's sharing your proposed orders with the other mm-hmm. side and proposed orders we'll talk about. It's just what you want. Yeah. Thank you. Number two, inviting them to mediation. You must do that. Yes. And number three, doing disclosure. Which is giving them copies of all of your documents, mm-hmm. literally turning your purse inside Which out. Which we'll cover in. Yeah. And then the next one is notice of intent to file, giving them two weeks. So we're going to go through those yes. four things. Yes. So that anybody who's listening who's either just about, who's at the end of their tether, can't negotiate any longer. You need to have done all of these things before you even bother filing an initiating application. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, step, uh, number one, Mum, sharing your proposed orders. So it's basically telling the other side what you want. And at this point, um, you're not really expected to have them written up like a lawyer would write them. Mm-hmm. But it might be something as simple as, um, you know, dear ex, I think our kids should live one week with me, one week with you, how about we share the holidays, that sort of thing. So it can be a casual thing. Um, if the situation is very strained, I suggest putting it in a letter and say my proposal is that Johnny does this and Jenny does that um, with the children. And that just lets them know where they're at. And they need to then write back, this is where we didn't used to have any um, 
power, but now the other side must write back with their proposed order so they can't stonewall. Oh. And that's the really exciting bit because, you know, you never knew how long to give someone hmm. if they, you know, if they weren't a- answering. Because so we if- do get a lot of people writing in saying my ex is either avoidant mm-hmm. or manipulative, controlling, and they're yeah. just not responding because they know they don't have to. Yes. Or they go, fine, take me to court then. Mm. But now you're saying that if they, if you write a letter, if our listener writes a letter saying this is what I propose the order yes. should be, I think Johnny should live with me 50% mm-hmm. of the time and 50% of you the time whatever the orders are that they want, and they don't respond within a certain amount of yeah, time. Yeah, usually give them 14 days. 14 days. Then we'll then talk about the consequences yes, at consequences the end. consequences for them, yeah. But, but, okay, so that's good. That's yes, a, okay, so it's a positive. And when it comes to coming up with your proposed orders, now, of course, we've got our course, the DIY Divorce Blueprint, where we talk you through how to do your proposed orders and get them checked by the uh, the lawyer. But like you said, it doesn't have to be official, official proposed orders, just what it is that you're looking for. Mm. And you can write it in people speak, not lawyers speak. Is that what you're saying? Is that a different language? (laughs) But probably in dot points. Yeah, it's a good thing. Just be clear. Yeah. That's the important thing. Be clear. Yeah. And don't put anything in it uh, that you wouldn't want to be shown to a judge later on. Right. So don't, Good you know, don't start with a, a bad name for them or anything. And so. would it be, even if you are amicable in the relationship, a good idea to do oh, it in yes. writing? Do it business-like in yeah. writing, yeah. Okay, so definitely do it in writing, yeah. document it, keep a copy of it, yeah. and that is some proof of yours that you have done the first step, which is... Yeah. And, of course, this is all general advice only. Of course. If there's domestic violence or it's not safe to do so, the court doesn't expect you okay. to do these well, protection procedures. Sense. If it's urgent and, and you haven't got time to go through this rigmarole mm. um, beforehand, then they're saying, by all means, come in. But be, be prepared to explain yourself. Yeah. So you yeah. have to have a pretty good reason. And, and you I have guess to file an affidavit. if you're waiting them two weeks to respond but the thing needs to happen within a week, then that's urgent. It's urgent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So sharing your proposed orders seems simple enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the next step, Mum, is inviting them to mediation. Yes. So by then they will have written back, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you choose a mediator, um, one within your budget who's close by or what, however you want it, and, what, and find their phone number and availability. Mm. Make contact with that mediator mm-hmm. and just um, give them your ex's name and phone number details and, and then write a letter. When them. when you're choosing a mediator, mm. is there any special qualifications they need? Yes. Yep. Yes. yes. So if it's Kids Matters yep. um, Parenting, you need someone who's qualified to be a family dispute resolution provider. An FDPR. An FDRP. Oh, an FDRP. <laughs> an FDPR is not the one you're no. looking for, an FDRP. And, and you can find them on the Attorney General's website and I have to say with all due respect to whoever built the website. It's it is crap. The, it's the clunkiest thing. I'm sorry. Thing. Have you ever met any government oh, website that's it's decent? Terrible. It's terrible. It, it looks like the grade seven kid on work experience did it. But right. you can put in a name or you can put in an area. Another way of doing it is good old Google or search and then just ask them, are yeah. you an FDRP? Yes. Um, because Children's Matters have to have that sort of person with that training. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means it can sometimes be a social worker. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do property, then um, it ha- that person has to be a lawyer. And if you're doing both, then it has to be one of us who is both qualified for both. And there are a number of those around. Okay. Um, all right. So you find a person. Mm-hmm. You go, yep, that person's going to work. Yep. 
You eat, you let, you write a letter to the other party, your ex, mm-hmm. and you say, Hey, I've given you my proposed orders. You've given me yours. They don't match. Let's go to mediation. Yes. And I've approached this person and they should contact you in the next few days. Brilliant. So you have to write a letter saying that? Yes, you do. Okay. All right. And then, so the mediator then rings them up and books in a time. Yes. And they either attend or don't. Or they ignore the phone call or don't. But either way, we've got a plan for each of those steps. So if they don't comply with sharing, giving you orders, if they don't do any mediation, that doesn't matter. You still work along your little program. So you still steam through this process. You absolutely do. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter if they respond. So don't write them the letter and sit there wondering for the next 14 days what they're going to do. Just go, it doesn't matter. I know in the next 14 days what the next step is. And you can be preparing your next step. There's nothing to stop you ringing a mediator. And that is disclosure. Ah, disclosure. Disclosure or discovery. Yeah, or discovery. I like it, discovery. But what it just means is show the other person all of the documents you've got. They've got to show you all of the documents they've got. No nasty surprises. If you forget to give it to them um, or you're hiding something really, which I would hope none of our listeners ever would. Surely. Um, you can't rely on it later on in court. Mm-hmm. Um, but And also, if they've got to go and get a subpoena to get something that you have possession of or the other way around, the court's going to be very grumpy with them. All right. Well, we'll get into the mm. implications. So disclosure is that third stage, mm. which you probably should do before mediation if you want a good outcome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, so you book that mediator and then you go, okay, I've got to give all my, my disclosure. Documents. So in proper it's all about what your assets. Yeah, it's bank, bank accounts, accounts, insurance documents. Um, it's your super, the car, um, how much is owing on the car, what your bank accounts are, how much is owing on the mortgage, mm-hmm. um, all of that sort of stuff. If you, we, we've got a huge list. Anything that's in a dispute. Huge list. So yeah, so we went through the practice. No, the Family Law Act and the, the Family Law Act and Schedule, and the schedule. One. Which, when I printed it out, turned out to be 11 pages. Yes. So we'll put a link for that in the notes. But uh, in our course that hasn't been released yet, we are doing a representing yourself in court uh course. And in that course, mum and I've just hashed out the disclosure checklists and it is incredibly long, but there's two types, isn't there? Yes. There's the legislated disclosure. Yes. And then there's the disclosure you probably should do the or you common get in trouble. Sense. Yeah, the common sense stuff. So there's stuff that applies pretty well to everybody mm-hmm. and it'll be things like you might not have a company where you skip past the don't have requirements for companies. Skip that. Yeah. But most of us have super, most of us have bank accounts. Yeah. And then the extras are anything you think uh, could come up, or I look at it this way, what would block the other person from being able to settle if they are suspicious of something, mm. prove the right way, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and don't let your other party, if they've got a lawyer, um, or even if they're acting for themselves, ask for reams and reams of copies of things that aren't blooming relevant. So mm. you go through the act and it's got to be relevant. Yes. And the court quite has reduced down what what is shared between people because they've identified people waste a lot of time and money yeah. sending documents over that have absolutely no bearing on the outcome. So if you have a lawyer, because mm. let's face it, a lot of people get lawyers before they go to court. Mm. So you could have a lawyer if you're listening right now, or you could be thinking about mm. getting a lawyer, or you could be thinking about representing yourself. Mm. But the one thing I think is very important is the disclosure will happen at some point, unless you agree by miracle, which if you're listening to this, you're probably not going to. So you are going to have to do the disclosure at some point. And from personal opinion, if you know you have to do disclosure at some point, 
It is better for you to start doing it in the time that suits you on the weekends after Mm -hmm. work than when you finally get a lawyer and they ask for it haphazardly throughout the month and you're doing it at midnight or whatever, Mm. or the other side, your ex is asking for it and you're doing it and running around like a headless chook. So set yourself up a system, which we teach you in our new course that's coming out. But get the disclosures stored, sorted at the beginning, hey, yes, mum, so absolutely. that you don't have to worry about it anymore. That's right. You don't have to give it to them. Just have it have ready. It ready. And, you, and you can update it as yes. it comes along because yes. it might. And, and remember, they've got to do it as well. Yes. Yes. And I, mum, so many people write in. So many. It's like <laughs> it's probably number two or three on the most oh. complainy questions we yes. get. And that is. I'm meant to be going to mediation and my ex hasn't disclosed X, Y, Z, or I'm about to go to court and my ex hasn't disclosed X, Y, Z. So are those complaints going to stop now or is that always going to be a thing? These aren't going to stop it. I think there'll be more consequences. Right. Okay. So so, uh, there are a couple of things. Really going to mediation, you can go in on the basis that you think you know Mm -hmm. what the property is, but really I'd be delaying until that disclosure is done. This is general advice General advice only, yeah, but I mostly do that. Um, And then when you go to trial, if they haven't given anything, I mean, you're entitled to take a wild guess at what it is. You know, oh, I'm pretty sure he's still got such and such or she's got this and it's worth this much and here's my proof from when we used to have it. Mm. And if she hasn't provided a disclosure, my evidence is the best evidence, Your Honour. Here's, here's this car on Red Book that looks the same. I reckon it's this. And sometimes, it's a little sneaky trick here, I put it in my correspondence as a really, really exorbitant value. <laughs> Try and find something that supports it. And and I'll go, look, you know, they're selling this on eBay for this and they'll very quickly come back, no, no, it's only this. <laughs> right. So, okay. So so yeah. if they don't get back to you with disclosure, yeah. you can always say, well, if I don't hear from you, I'm going to assume when we go to court mm-hmm. or mediation that the price value is this because here's an example. Yes. And then that very well may push them into the... I think it's different for businesses, though. You can't really assume what a business no, is worth. No, it's really hard with a business, and, mm. and they have to let a valuer in, or you yeah. have to agree. And you'll know um, usually what a person's making out of their business and what their expenses are. Yeah. Um, if it's just a little business where it's just one person running it as a contractor, mm-hmm. then it's really all right just to look at their contracts. Okay. Yeah. All but right. Yes, so, so you can't do it with business. There really. is another episode called DIY Disclosure. If you are doing yes, this on yourself, right. you can go and it's how to find out their stuff mm-hmm. or mum's great sneaky tricks <laughs> that all lawyers use don't worry or well, all lawyers smart should lawyers use, should use. Yes. so you can check out that podcast episode I'll put it in the show notes as a link but also in the course that we're doing we teach you how to set it up and mm-hmm. then also how to go through it all but anyway that's not in pre-actions no it's just giving your disclosure yes giving your documents to them so they can see it and they give documents to you so everyone has a clear idea. Well, you're more likely to agree if you know what the property pool is. Yes. How could I possibly agree if if I don't know what you've got in the bank? Mm. You know, that's... Yes, I'll have 10% of... I don't know what dollars... don't ever agree to percentages first. Yes. So always know what your asset pool is. Yes. So that's part of disclosure, I guess. And when it... That's property. And when it comes to kids, I guess you're disclosing anything. Like yeah. you don't want it to come out of the box at, at well, trial. Yes, and you file you file an undertaking that you have given disclosure about the kids. So they're looking for things like medical uh, records of the kids, um, their school reports, 
uh, perhaps if they've got bank accounts or anything, mm-hmm. if there's anything you're going through that might impact on your ability to sort out the okay. kids, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, just check on all if you've applied for NDIS, for instance, for the child, that's important. All right. If they're getting in trouble at school. So disclosure is really just opening your books. Yep, it is. For your kids Honesty. and for your money. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and and that is living with you. And, and it's a really hard job, but I think if if you do it in good faith, to show the other side you're not hiding mm. anything, to show your ex that you're being honest, that may build some trust to get you across the line of not having to go to court yep. and you can make your agreement outside. Uh, Is there anything with disclosure about, like, covering up your names and addresses? Oh. Or- you ask for it, we're providing. Currently, we're working on the Divorce Course Self-Rep course. If you are interested or would like to learn more about the self-rep course that is not yet available but will be soon, click the link in our bio or go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash self-rep waitlist and we will let you know the minute doors open for this course. We are so excited to continue to support anybody in the family court process going through divorce, property or children's matters. This course will be for you if you need to turn up to court. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, and you don't know how to fill in the documents, we will be there for you. If you are interested, go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash self-rep waitlist or click in the show notes and click on the link. Is there anything with disclosure about like covering up your names and addresses oh, or bank it, account detail names? Well, that really makes the other person suspicious. Okay. So the only time I would do that is if you have a joint bank account with a new partner. Right. Um, you might, like, just conceal that. Mm-hmm. But the minute I see, a re- they call that redacting, the minute I see a document that's redacted, I move heaven and earth to find out why they cross that out. Right. And it's probably like a big arrow to say, hey, look at this one. Right. So <laughs> yes. only do that if you feel... That yeah. you're protecting somebody else's privacy. Yes, that's right. I think yeah. that's... But like, again, if you, go and see a lawyer, if, get your own advice. If you're a medical practitioner or a lawyer or whatever and they want a list of your clients or... You know, oh, of course. Of course, you of redact all yeah. the names. So just be careful not to breach privacy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So disclosure is a big, meaty, chunky, lots of work for you to do. Better if get you it do done. it. Get Better it done. Better if you do it. Definitely then, do it before your lawyer. Yeah. Uh, every lo- time your lawyer writes you a letter saying, can you please give me bank statements from this date to this date? That costs you extra ka-ting, money. Ka-ting, ka-ting, yes. All the way. So definitely do that and have it ready even before you go and see a yep. lawyer. Have yep. it all in your folders. And mum, you were saying, uh, and we do talk about how to set this up in the course, the new course isn't out yet. Um, you can link it all by Google Drive. Mm, a lot of people are doing that these days. That's good. That's going to save a lot of money. Yeah. Copying. Go COVID. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't go COVID. <laughs> mum means COVID. Push the family Pushed court into the future. It did. It absolutely Of the cloud, did. which is yeah. wonderful. The Supreme Court's been doing it for years. Okay, so number four is the mm-hmm. notice of intent to file. So, so the steps doesn't you have to try do mediation, but if they don't turn up for mediation, yeah. that's not your problem. No, you give them your documents. If they don't give you the, theirs, that's their problem. Yeah, you try mediation. Hopefully, you come to mm-hmm. an agreement. If you don't, then the last step in the pre-action procedure mm-hmm. is what? Well, it's like when I used to count to three with kids. It's, it's that you're on that last number. Don't make me get to three. Don't make me count yeah. to three. And One. So, yeah. So this letter says, I'm going to file. You you haven't done this, 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 or we've been to mediation. You've given me documents. We're still not able to sort it out. 
I think we really need someone else to do this. Mm. It's not going to work. And so in that one, you have to draft exactly the orders you're going to put in your application. So they will have to be in lawyer speak. Yes, so go and Um, see a lawyer. And we talk about how to write those. Yep. Yep. And, And they have 14 days to respond with the orders they want. But, of course, if they don't then you just file in court and let the judge look after their Now, what problem. happens if they respond to your letter with the orders they want and they're completely polar opposite to the orders you want? Then can you still file in court? Of course you can, yeah. Right. In fact, you probably have to. Right. But if they write back with their orders, I think what the court is hoping, hoping um, is that some of the orders might be agreed and mm. then you're really only going to court over a couple of points. So mm. you can say in your application, we actually agree that the kids will have equal shared parental responsibility. And we actually agree that the kids keep going to this school, but we're having trouble about time. This, this, this. Okay. All right. So you write a letter to them. You say, I'm intending to file. We've Mm -hmm. tried this. We've done this. You have to give them a copy of the... Oh, pre-action procedures and the the, um, central practice direction. Yep, throw that in. It doesn't hurt. Yep, give them a copy of that. And then say, I'm intending to file. Now, we had a lady write to us just the other day and she said she's just done that letter. Yeah. And she's packing it and she doesn't know what's going to happen next and could we possibly do an episode on that? Oh, there you go. Which one's she done? Notice of intent. Notice of intent to file. What happens? What's the... What's the next couple it's, of steps? Think of it as like giving you permission to file mm-hmm. then and that notice of intent to file, it, it lasts for a year. Right. So you'll be able to go to court, um, file your application in the court, you know, spend the money, get inside the court within 12 months of sending that letter. So basically it's like, is it like getting your pea plates, I think? You're allowed to drive, but you don't have to drive. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So You're allowed to go to court, but you don't have to go to court. Because you've taken these steps, you've done the four steps, you are now allowed to... Go to court. Go to court if you want, but you still don't have to. No, and you can keep negotiating. Like they might write back with their notice, their um, orders that they're seeking, and you go, you know what? I reckon if we gave it another good go, we might be able to at mediation. We might be able to sort this out. Okay, and lots of people go to more than one mediation. Oh yes, and and there's like the good old fashioned writing back and forwards. Well, what about this and what about that? Without being nasty, just try to be businesslike and just negotiate it out. And then, of course, then we the next whole thing is the new, you know four steps of court. Yes. Um, but they seem to kind of send you to court to mediation again once you file for they, court anyway. Once they know everything's done, um, they, they do send you to mediation, but they will um, make sure that anyone who's been your ex who's probably had their fingers in their ears and not responding has um, to pay attention. Has to, well, has to do the jobs they have to do. And if they don't, yeah, it has to pay attention. If they don't do it even when you're in court, mm. there have been a couple of cases in the last couple of months where the court's just made orders in terms of the ones that, like, our clients would want because the other side hasn't participated. Mm. Sort of tough luck. Mm. But what the court does, they've got some teeth and they can make the the person who's just a little bit lazy or slow come to attention, put the material in, and then when the court's got both sides' story, both sides' proposals, and both parties have done their disclosure mm-hmm. and shared the documents, then it's got a much better chance of settling. Yes, right. And, and they will. They have court-appointed mediators, mm. um, and if it's for children, they have a, um, a um, child court expert there yep. who does yep. a child impact report, and um, 
or otherwise you've got a registrar of the court so who like, knows how it's likely to happen. So it's like the next big, it's a, it's a more stricter, scarier it's much more mediator. Formal, <laughs> and, they, and they dob back to the yeah, judge. Yeah. So they make a report. So I guess it's something to keep in the back of your mind when you're going through these pre-action procedures that the yeah. next step after file saying, hey, two, mm. you've got two weeks' notice to come back to me, is you're going to end up in court going back to another mediator anyway, most likely. Yes. Yes. So might as well figure it out in the mediation That's before. Right. That's exactly but right. But I guess when people don't understand the process, they go, oh, well, wait, I should have done that ages ago. being nervous. I know. Yes. So what I like to say, like, if you did these in a linear fashion, you'd wait your two weeks, send them your property orders in step one, wait two weeks, then ring up the mediator and invite them to mediation, wait two weeks, then do disclosure, wait two weeks. Mm, then. Mm. Um, I don't like to do that. I think if you write to them with your proposed order, get organised with the mediator you're going to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so in case they don't come back in the two weeks. Yeah. And then while you're waiting for mediation, get organised with your disclosure. Yep. And then when you've got the no- when you give the notice of intention to file, as long as you're not paying a lawyer to do it, you might as well start doing your documents mm. so that you can sort of just move this along. And then one of those documents when you do finally file mm. in court is the genuine, the genuine steps steps. certificate. And that's literally these steps. You, you've got to tick the boxes. I have really, 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 really tried to settle it. I've done this. I've sent that letter. I've done that. I've invited mediation. mediation. I've made my disclosure. I've given a notice and, you know, great. we're still here. Okay. And I guess it takes it does take a little bit of the – scariness out of when people's exes say, I'm taking you to court, I'm yeah. filing tomorrow. And you're like, what? People well, are like, oh, my goodness, now what are we going to do? They can't. So they can't because they have to go through those steps. Give them the orders they want, go mm-hmm. to mediation, give it mm-hmm. your best shot. So I guess in a way it is going to slow things down for some people, but it's also going to help it's other protection. people. Because there are, as, as they call it, that uh, – post-separation abuse where it's legal yes. abuse and people weaponize the going to court yeah and they and they weaponize the kids and all of that this just hopefully cuts out a lot of that nonsense okay so let's get to what happens if you don't follow the procedures yes. uh well you get dealt with in the court so okay. the court might either so you turn up to court you filed your initiating application you've lied on your genuine step certificate because you can't move mm. forward from that until you've done it well none of our people would lie no but if you've done your genuine step certificate but you didn't do anything and you end up in front of a judge mm-hmm. or you've tried everything but they didn't do it or you've only ticked one box on the genuine what step. does the judge say uh, usually they say well you really haven't tried yes um they will scold you Uh-oh. you can get a costs order against you for non-compliance which means you pay and money. so can the lawyer who if a lawyer is representing you and they don't do the right thing they I mean, can get a cost so they order. can pay money yes um and and then they can they can say well i'm staying this up like holding it i'm just adjourning it forever until you go out and you know, go outside and do the things you were supposed to do and then come back. It's just like parenting. Yeah, it, just, it sounds like a, just a it? really annoyed parent yeah. who's sick of dealing well, with You might as fights. well think of it, but they're sick, sick so of they it. So they go, go back outside and do what I yeah. told you to and do. And come back in three weeks or a month okay. after you've tried your mediation. So that's they don't want that in front of a judge yes. until it's ready to go. Yeah. And you know what, Laura, We I think we've talked about these stats before. Something like only 2% of cases that used to get filed, um, th- these are stats from the 90s, yeah. um, would ever end up actually being heard by a judge. In a trial. In yeah. a trial because an enormous number of them w- would settle and, yes. and the court coped better with the timelines. And However, 
I never saw a statistic that said how many of them settled the day before the trial or on the morning of the the trial. And if you've got that far, you've spent a gazillion dollars and a lot of stress. Yes. So everyone should think about how it would feel if this just wasn't an issue, Mm. you know, if you dealt with it properly. So, So I guess this is the first time the court has ever taken control of the timeframes. Mm. You must not, you can't have some, oh, Your Honour, we haven't done this yet, so we'll just adjourn it. No, mm. you're not mm. adjourning it. You're not clogging up my court. You're not allowed to file more than uh, one interim application um, unless you've got a really, really good reason, and that's and so going that's, to stop systems abuse. So if there's anybody who's in the court system now, mm. these rules apply mm. moving forward. So if your ex, if you're stuck in the court, maybe you're waiting for a trial, mm. it's another year mm-hmm. away, and something happens and they get annoyed at you, so they mm. file another application. Well, they can't. So they can't do that now. They've got They've to go got to, to mediation. Right about and their it's probably proposed too hard order for them. and invite you to mediation, yes. give you the documents they need and a notice of intention so to file their interest. Yeah, unless there's, like, remembering, there's always urgency, mm-hmm. um, there's always the, the DV situation. The court doesn't expect you to do it unless it's safe to do it. Yes. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I think, I think I'm very hopeful, Laura. Yeah. So, um, so in these steps, we've got sharing the proposed orders, inviting them to mediation, mm-hmm. doing your disclosure, and a notice of intent to file. Mm. Doesn't, I mean... I don't want to get sued by someone doing the wrong thing by following our advice, but does it? Do you need a lawyer to do that? No, no, no. The whole thing is supposed to be not with the lawyer. Yeah. Although I would say, like the original, where you think what you want, you mm. let them know. I suggest, or we always suggest that everyone goes and sees a lawyer because this is general advice only. You need to know what applies in your specific case, so you know that what you're asking for is reasonable, right? Or that you're not being too accommodating in a situation where you don't have to be because mm. a lot of us get verbaled in the early stages or you'll get nothing or... Yeah, it's yeah. all mine, you don't yes, deserve it, yes. so why don't you just take yeah, this or your, your wife yes. or your ex is going to take 50%. So find out actually where you stand. Then write those orders. So you, you don't need a lawyer to be beyond telling you where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the mediation you do yourself, of course. You can take a lawyer, but golly gee, I mean... Only I do that if you've got money to burn. Oh, my goodness. I just looked at one there, and the mediators are 3500 a day, mm. average, and some of them are more. Mm-hmm. And then if you pay a lawyer to go for the day and someone else, they have to pay that, it's just a lot of money. It is. And if, if it's going to settle at mediation... Um, I think it would settle without your lawyers. If it's in this pre pre action procedure phase. Yep. Obviously if you're in a court appointed mediator, mediation could be different. Maybe you might Maybe. want a lawyer then. Yep. But, but in this early stage, if it's gonna yeah. settle, it's, you're not gonna need the lawyers yeah. there. And try to find a lawyer that wouldn't mind you ringing if if they've t- given you preliminary advice mm. and then you say oh, I'm I'm going to mediation. Um, are you going to be able to can I ring you on this date mm. if I need to? Mm. So mm. yeah. So I guess in a way, the pre-action procedures, they've been around for a year or two, September 21. 21, yeah. yeah so they've so been around. a year and a bit. And it really is all about making people think really good and hard about what it is they want, yep. having a go at trying to mm-hmm. negotiate it and mediate it, and then saying, okay, I'm giving you a warning. It's putting the focus. And, you know, if they don't, if the other party, if they've got a lawyer mm. and they start hammering you, I think 
I would encourage you to share with them the central practice direction. Quote sections by all means. Mm. Talk to them about the genuine steps certificate and and just inquire mm. if they were planning on complying with that. So if, so if you get a practice letter direction. threatening to take you to court, yeah. you can just say, "Have you? Uh, we need to complete the genuine steps yes. and the pre-action procedures. And so far I haven't received your proposed orders, an invitation to mediation, disclosure or a notice, notice of intention, intention to file. Ooh, that'll put the wind up them. <laughs> well, it might make them read the um, the central practice direction and, and the thrust of the court because the court's really done like a great, was kind of a New Year's resolution for last year <laughs> um, about how everything's going to be different now. Yay. Yes. And they, New Year's resolutions always go so well, don't they, Mum? Mm. Um, but but <laughs> there's old cases still floating around. In saying that, mm. though, you're, what you're saying to me is some lawyers who've been doing the same way of law yeah. for a very, very long time don't know about this. Well, they know about it, but they haven't probably really thoroughly understood. Right. And frankly, um, I think the courts have only just recently started to hammer the things home. And I've seen a couple of sets of default orders where one person hasn't turned up or hasn't done the right thing. And the judge goes, well, we don't need this, this on our books. We'll give you the orders you want. Whoa. So it's if a really good way to in, end it. In an episode about that, it's how to divorce a statue. Oh, yeah. And that's where we talk about taking someone who doesn't even engage through yes. the property and children's process as yeah. well. But okay, all right. So if anyone's interested in learning about those steps, definitely click on the links. We've got the mm-hmm. links for the documents. And we are also, of course, our new course ah. walks you through it step by step. Mum's written the letter templates. Oh, yes. We have all the checklists for you. Uh, it's a scary it's, world going to court. It's a scary world it's writing a, the course. Scary world. <laughs> but I feel so so much confidence about it um, yes. going through it, I love thinking, it. damn it, I wish this was here yes. for me. <laughs> but it, it, this will be a, a game changer and I'm so excited about it. But if you are in this process, Never fear. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about this kind of stuff as well. Definitely write in to the divorce course podcast yep. at gmail.com if you've got any questions at all, and we'll be happy to try and weave them into our podcast. On episodes. a general advice only. Yes. And remembering, <laughs> that's right, that mum is a lawyer. She's a family lawyer of 35 mm-hmm. years, but she does not know everybody's individual circumstances. And I don't know Western Australia law properly yes. because Western Australia, bless them, has a separate lot of rules. They're special. And a separate course. Special so type of government. So it's pretty close to it, but it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, mum. You're welcome. Talk to you again next time. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Bye, everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.